Hey, people. El Nino Speaks is here again. And today I have the unique pleasure of having on Luis Valdez, the Florida State Director and Puerto Rico and U.S. Virgin Islands Outreach Director of Gun Owners of America. How's everything going, Luis? It's been good, but busy. Other than Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands, as you know, I also am the state director for Florida, and it's been really busy here with uh, supposed pro-gun legislation moving its way forward. Oh, indeed, because as we all know in the Second Amendment lobbying space, just because a state is supposedly read or controlled by Republicans is not a guarantee that pro-gun legislation will pass right off the bat. But before we dive into that, can you tell my audience about yourself and your role at Gun Owners of America? My name is Luis Valdez again. I am the Florida State Director, and I'm also the Outreach Director for Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands for Gun Owners of America. And we are the only no-compromise gun rights lobbying organization in the United States. Uh, We fight just as hard on the uh, territorial and state level as we do in Washington, D.C., and There have been numerous lawmakers that have basically said, yep, don't fight with those guys. They don't compromise. They're not going to give ground. They stick to their guns. Awesome. Now, Florida is an interesting case because it's been a huge topic of discussion since the COVID pandemic, as evidenced by Governor Ron DeSantis' decision to keep the state largely open when most of the country was locking down. And it got put in the spotlight as a so-called freedom state. On some issues like taxation, it's pretty good. But on gun rights, it's actually quite a mixed bag. What would you say are the primary areas of gun policy where Florida is lagging behind other red states? Florida is actually lagging behind on a lot of issues. Florida is the only Republican state in the country that bans the open carrying of firearms. Florida is the only Republican state that bans anyone under the age of 21 from purchasing a firearm. Florida has red flag laws. Florida has a number of gun-free zones. Florida has a ban on a university and college campus carry. In reality, Florida is not that much of a pro-gun state, comparatively speaking, with its neighbors. Every Our two neighbors that physically border us, Georgia and Alabama, They have constitutional carry. They have, you could openly or conceal carry in their states without a permit. You can't do that in Florida. Right now, you cannot legally open carry at all. We're actually one of only three states that have an outright ban on it. The only other two states are New York and Illinois, two Democrat majority states. I mean, just to give you an idea, even Hawaii, a Democrat majority state, has open carry and their economy relies solely on tourism. But They're doing fine with open carry. But to get back to Florida, Florida isn't as pro-gun as many people believe. Back in the 80s, we were very advanced at the time because we were one of the first states to do shell issue concealed carry permits. But this isn't 1987 or 88 anymore. This is 2023. You know, a lot of things have changed between now and then. Indeed, that is a rather interesting historical factoid because you look at Texas where I'm at, Texas was actually kind of late to the shall issue concealed carry game. It wasn't until like the mid nineties, but a lot of things can change over the course of a few decades. And the states that look free 
on a certain given year can be less free in many respects, like a few decades later. And that just goes to show that people always have to be constantly putting pressure on their state legislatures if they actually want to affect any type of real political change. You can't just rely on external factors to do that for you. Now, let's go to constitutional carry, because this is what I've argued the biggest Second Amendment success story at the state level over the last three decades. And you already have like 25 states with that legislation on the books. So Florida is clearly playing catch up here. Now, there has been legislation introduced that, and this is probably putting it generously, somewhat addresses this matter, but it has been marketed as a permitless carry bill. And based on what I've read, this legislation contains various flaws. From your research on Florida's list carry bill, what would you say are the principal flaws of this legislation? Well, there's numerous issues with this bill. First and foremost, it it was advertised originally as a constitutional carry bill back in the end of January when uh, the state House Speaker, uh, Representative Paul Renner, literally had a sign on the podium with the press conference saying, Florida is introducing a constitutional carry bill. Well, guess what? It, it still bans open carry. It doesn't resolve that issue. It doesn't repeal the gun-free zones. That's the other issue. Up until literally Tuesday, neither the House or the Senate version even had an affirmative defense for carrying a firearm without a permit. There's numerous issues with the legislation. The biggest, of course, is still the lack of open carry and the fact that Republicans control 80% of the state legislature. They have an absolute supermajority, and they're still upholding Janet Reno's gun ban because the open carry ban in Florida was instituted in 1987 by then Miami-Dade County's state attorney, Janet Reno, during a special session. She lobbied lawmakers to ban open carry in Florida, and they did it. And Till this day, it's being upheld by Republicans, which is appalling. But to go back to the bills, there's no open carry. There's no repeal of the gun-free zones. There's no introduction of campus carry on university and college campuses. There's no repeal of the red flag laws. There's no repeal of the under-21 purchase ban. There's no repeal of the under-21 carry ban. And you being in Texas, you guys have campus carry on university and college campuses. Your uh, attorney general has basically said that your under-21 carry ban was unconstitutional. You guys have an, an NFA nullification act. You guys have a Second Amendment Protection Act in place. So, yes, Florida is very much playing catch-up, and they're doing it horribly under Republican leadership right now. It's pretty wild stuff, but that's what happens most of the time when, when the wrong type of Republicans are elected and there's not sufficient pressure to keep these people in check. Now, Governor Ron DeSantis has gone on record supporting constitutional carry, if I'm mistaken, on various occasions. But like a lot of politicians, their words can't always be trusted. How would you rate DeSantis's push for constitutional carry in Florida? Would you say he's on the side of gun owners or is he engaging in the typical Republican shtick of talking a big game about passing constitutional carry, but doing nothing of substance to advance that? Personally, I think the governor is pro-gun, but at the same time, looking at 
his political history here in Florida, it's a mishmash. He did sign the bill that strengthened our preemption laws, and he did sign the bill that removed religious institutions from being an automatic gun-free zone and gave them the right to choose if they want to ban guns on their property. And he has recently said that he supports constitutional carry. Now, I think part of that stems from the fact that he has political aspirations for the White House, and he knows that a number of his possible contenders, such as your governor, Greg Abbott, Georgia's governors, uh, Brian Kemp, Ohio's governor, Mike DeWine, they've all passed real constitutional carry legislation. So he needs something that looks really good on his Second Amendment resume, and the rumor mill and and the back chatter that we've heard from various lawmakers in the state capitol is that he's basically tolling the legislature, give me something that looks good to mark off that political checkbox for my campaign. But he really isn't expending the political capital to make it a fantastic bill. He's not cracking the whip. He's not using his office as a bully pulpit. It's just basically the safe political answers of, yes, I support constitutional carry. But as your listeners might be aware, there was a Washington Post article that came out covering Governor DeSantis's um, events being gun-free zones for while he was campaigning for his reelection as governor. Now, mind you, the governor has publicly stated that he thinks gun-free zones don't work, that they're soft targets. But his events were gun-free zones. And worse, though, for his inaugural celebratory event in the city of Tampa, The city of Tampa released a a series of emails where basically his campaign was having the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, they're the state agency tasked to protect the governor, to tell the city, hey, we want the event to be a gun-free zone. And under state law, a state agency cannot tell a municipality that they have to make a publicly owned venue a gun-free zone. That's, That's not allowed under state law. And even the city can't do that. And the city responded to FDLE basically saying, hey, look, we can't do this. We abide by state statute 790. It clearly states that we can't make it a gun-free zone. You guys can't make it a gun-free zone. Only the renter of the facility, the Tampa Convention Center, could make it a gun-free zone, meaning the DeSantis campaign, because they were the ones renting the facility. FDLE couldn't do it, neither could the city of Tampa. So you had that come out. And in that article, uh, the Washington Post reporter asked the DeSantis campaign where the governor stands on open carry. And the DeSantis campaign's answer was no answer, no comment. There was a follow-up article from the Tampa Bay Times, same thing. They asked the governor, where do you stand on open carry? No response. The Orlando Sentinel also asked the same question, same response. So right now, the governor has not been exactly as supportive as many people think he is. Um, Because I remember your governor, he did press conferences all over the state saying, I want a real constitutional carry bill on my desk and I want it now. The governor really hasn't done that. Yeah, actually, what's um, curious who this is inside baseball, but in whenever constitutional carry was originally introduced by the former state representative, Jonathan Sticklin in Texas, Sticklin even confirmed to many people like GOA and AGR, the other no compromise gun lobbies in the state that 
Abbott told him in private that he supports constitutional carry. It's just that the bill didn't have like the political traction for at the time for Abbott to make public statements about it. But yeah, take that for what it's worth. However, one question about DeSantis, um, if I'm not mistaken, didn't he, I believe like in 2019 or so, make a statement that he supported red flag laws? How much truth is there to that? Or was that taken out of context? He made a statement to the effect of that since red flag laws are on the books, he hopes that they prevent future mass shootings. That was his statement. So some people have taken it that it's a subtle support of red flag laws. Other people have basically taken it that it's just a, well, he's just hoping that there isn't mass shootings in the future. Again, it's kind of a squishy issue because going back to DeSantis and statements, when there was the Pensacola Naval Air Station shooting up in the panhandle of Florida where a foreign uh, pilot uh, legally purchased a firearm and used it to commit a, a crime by shooting U.S. service personnel on base, the governor didn't immediately come out and say, hey, let's repeal the ban on base carry. Instead, he asked the federal government to basically ban legal foreigners from being able to purchase firearms. And as someone who grew up in Miami, I know plenty of people that immigrate to the United States legally as lawful resident aliens, and they have their green card, and they jump through all the hoops to legally purchase a firearm. And DeSantis basically said, let's strip them of the ability of legally purchasing firearms for self-defense. Instead of saying, hey, let's let our military personnel be able to carry on base to defend themselves from deranged attackers. There's that issue. Yeah, that's actually one of the more ridiculous issues that I've um, picked up on since uh, getting into uh, like Second Amendment coverage and just activism, how in many military installations – there are these type of bans in place, and that's pretty ridiculous that you would say that, too, because, yeah, I'm, I'm also a legal immigrant, too. And just because you turn your military installation into like a gun-free zone does not mean like a whole multitude of people that are otherwise responsible gun owners should be banned from carrying it, especially like a military of all institutions where there is like already like an assumption that these people have received training. But it's kind of the clown world state that we're at when it comes to a lot of these policies. Going back to Republicans, anyone who's like been in this whole lobbying game gets like that Democrats are like the blatant enemy of anything like 2A related. In fact, I'd argue it's a blessing in disguise because it lets us know who not to focus on when we're trying to find a potential bill sponsor or direct allies, but Republicans, on the other hand, are quite the mixed bag because you have like some of these types who will hoot and holler about being pro-Second Amendment, but once in office, they start betraying gun owners by killing pro-gun legislation behind the scenes, and in some cases, blatantly voting for gun control. Of the prominent Republican elected officials that you have observed in the Florida state legislature, who would you say are the biggest opponents of constitutional carry and other pro-gun reforms? Well, for sure, the legislative leadership has shown their side on this issue because for the last three years, we had a real constitutional carry bill introduced by uh, former state representative Anthony Sabatini. That included open carry, and the bills never even got out of committee. 
Now, the previous legislative leadership there, they've been termed out. The current incoming legislative leadership, House Speaker Paul Renner and Senate President Kathleen Pasadomo, they have kind of bent a little bit of knee and they're allowing this permitless conceal-only bill go forward. But Pasadomo has stated multiple times that she's against open carry. The House sponsor of the bill, Representative Chuck Brannon, he was actually the committee chair last year that Sabatini's bill was assigned to, and he refused to bring the bill up for a vote in his committee, just not even to the floor, just to bring the bill up for a vote in his committee that he controlled. And it was so appalling that gun owners from across the state collected petitions and we delivered them to his office and his legislative office threw those petitions in the trash. But now he is introducing the bill this year. And clearly we're seeing what the game is. This is a preordained game by the legislative leadership. They're letting uh, Representative Brandon introduce it to kind of repair his image as to be a pro-gun Republican. And the more interesting point is that he was asked about open carry again. And he said, the bill is as it is, and it will not be amended. And the Senate president, Kathleen Pasadomo, she has stated the same thing. Yeah, I mean, constitutional carry is no walk in the park when it comes to passing such legislation. And this is based on my previous experience with working under groups like NAGR. In your view, how likely is a real constitutional carry bill going to pass in this session of the Florida State Legislature? In this session, I don't think the bill will pass. We just had two committee meetings on Monday and Tuesday uh, in the House and the Senate. In the Senate, it was very interesting. You had one of the most anti-gun Democrats, Senator uh, Pizzo. He made two statements. One, the Senate bill is loaded with a bunch of school safety stuff, which, look, I'm, I'm not against school safety. I think we should harden our schools. We should improve our school safety. But it has nothing to do with constitutional carry. Like one of the things is that they want to do is they want to put gun sniffing dogs on campus. What does that have to do with constitutional carry? And that was Senator Pizzo's point. He said under the state Senate, there's a rule that bills can be bifurcated. They could be split up if they have two issues that really aren't germane and related to each other. And he wanted to basically make the bill one about school safety and another one strictly about constitutional carry. And his statement to the effect was, this is what I want to do. I know the Republicans are going to vote it down because the Republicans have absolute control of the legislature and the committee. And sure enough, that's what Republicans did. But what was even more interesting is he then made a further statement during debate that to the effect was, look, I'm anti-gun. I'm a Democrat, but I go by my principles and I respect people that go by their principles. And he said to the anti-gun crowd, he goes, look, this bill is going to pass. Sorry, the Republicans control it. And then he said to the pro-gun crowd, he says, you've been sold a false bag of goods. If you think that you are going to be able to bring up the idea of open carry next year, you're high. And those into the effects were his words because he said, this isn't the, the first step. This is basically the finish line where a lot of the Republican legislature wants to end this issue on. And what's sad is, in seeing a decade's worth of Republican control of the legislature, he's not wrong on this issue because they've killed campus carry before. They've killed open carry before. They've killed constitutional carry before. And they only want to do the bare minimum. 
Yep, that this goes to show that there's still like an uphill struggle for passing constitutional carry in the remaining red states left in the U.S. And obviously, there's um other Second Amendment legislation that goes beyond constitutional carry that you guys are fighting for. Are there any other bills that you think have a better chance of passing this session? Well, the permitless carry bill is going to pass. It's been preordained to the point that the Senate sponsor, Senator Jay Collins, he has been tasked to be the public face of the Senate version of the bill. And during debate, a Democrat senator asked him, why is the state capital a gun-free zone? And he basically said to the effect of, well, it's a gun-free zone because it's like that under state law. Mind you, he's wrong. The state capital is not a gun-free zone. In fact, you can carry in the Florida state capital. You can even carry in the governor's office. The only place you can't carry in the capital is committee rooms when there's a legislative committee in function, in, in, when quorum has been called for that committee. But other than that, you can carry everywhere else in the Capitol. So it just shows you that a Republican lawmaker who introduced the bill, when asked specifically about Florida gun law, he doesn't even know the right answer. <laughs> oh, that's rich. We had to correct him on it. During public testimony, I literally looked at Senator Collins and I corrected him like, I said, Senator Collins, to correct you on this issue, um, no, the state capital is not a gun-free zone. You can carry here. You can carry in the governor's office. And it just shows you. On the House side, we also had uh, Representative uh, Stark out of the 47th District here in Central Florida. At the end of it, she gave a very eloquent uh, explanation. She said, look, this bill is not constitutional carry. This bill doesn't go as far as what real constitutional carry is. She did say she's going to support the bill because it's a small step forward. And I agree, it's a small step forward. It's permitless concealed carry. So that means you can carry in the state of Florida without a permit as long as it stays concealed. And, you know, that is a good thing. But it's not what they're advertising. And Representative Stark said it, and she said, look, this isn't real constitutional carry. We're going to have to bring this back up in the future. And there was a number of Republican lawmakers, both in the Senate and the House, that said, just take the win, come back next year and, and fight for open carry and fight for the repeal of gun-free zones and, and campus carry and the repeal of red flags and the under-21 purchase and carry ban and all that. And it's just kind of mind-boggling because this isn't a state where it's like a 51% Republican majority. This is a state where Republicans control 80% of the legislature. Anything Republicans want, they could get done. And the issue with the governor comes back to the governor has flexed his political muscles before. During redistricting, due to the 2020 census, the legislature presented him a redistricting map, and he reviewed it, and he said, I don't like this, because some of the districts still favored Democrats. And he drew his own map, and he sent it back to the legislature. The legislature took it to court, saying the governor couldn't do that. The courts ruled in the governor's favor, and then the legislature passed the map, the redistricting map that the governor wanted. So he's vetoed legislation Republicans have passed and said, do it again. But he's really not flexing his muscles on this debate on constitutional carry. And it's kind of unsettling and unnerving because, again, I personally believe DeSantis is pro-gun, but is he really caring about this? Is this really an issue for him 
that he's willing to put his his stamp on, or is it just a political checkbox he needs to mark off to look pro-gun for campaigning purposes? As for gun control legislation, are there any bills out there that you guys fear a substantial portion of Republicans could join Democrats in passing in the near future? The only bill that has us worried right now is there's an expansion of red flag orders. Uh, the Democrats introduced that basically is right now in Florida to get a red flag order done. It has to come from a law enforcement officer. But this bill would expand the scope and authority on who could petition to get an RFO filed. And remember, in Florida, it was Republicans that passed red flag laws in 2018 after Parkland. So our fear here in Florida, if there is another uh, situation that Republicans might bend knee and be like, yeah, okay, we got to do another gun control thing to appease the anti-gunners. And that that's the only fear. The Everything else that the Democrats have filed, the magazine bans, the firearm ban, the mandatory storage requirements, the one gun a month requirement, all that stuff, uh, the ammo background, that's not going to fly. That's not going to pass because Republicans even know if they allow that to pass, they're going to look bad. Yep. Makes sense. I'm actually curious about this because you do some work in Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands. What have you done so far in those areas? Because those areas obviously don't get as much coverage as uh, anything like stateside. And there's not as much activity there. But what has been your primary focus there in the time that you've been with GOA? So I'm the outreach director, so I don't do direct lobbying in Puerto Rico and the USVI, but I do a lot of networking and basically building a bridgehead in Puerto Rico and the USVI. And both places are are ripe for Second Amendment rights to be fully restored and respected. Uh, Puerto Rico has slowly been on that track. You know, in late 2018, 2019, they changed their laws to shall issue. So for your listeners that don't know, prior to the law change, Puerto Rico was very similar to New York City. You had to get a permit to own a firearm, let alone carry a firearm. It was May issued. It cost close to $1,000 in terms of legal fees and hiring an attorney and all that stuff. And Puerto Rico has pretty much changed it to where now the permit to own a firearm is automatically a permit to carry a firearm, and it's supposedly automatically issued to you. If you meet the criteria and the criteria to get one issued is basically you can't be a convicted felon, you can't be a drug abuser, you can't have a domestic violence charge against you, you have to pass the background check and pay the uh, the application fees. Now, what we've been hearing from uh, our contacts on the island is that Departamento de Policía de Puerto Rico, who administers the uh, licensing and application process, they're slow rolling it. If on paper... The law states that if you're an initial applicant, it should take no more than 45 days to get your permit from the date of of submission to the end. Now, talking to some of the gun shops on the island, it's taking up to 11 months. Now, they're claiming it's an issue because of just how many people have applied and they don't have this manpower and the staffing. But from what I've also heard is they purposely are slow boating it. They purposely have it understaffed. They purposely have the hours set to a crazy limited amount where the office will actually process applications and, and all of that. So there, there's a very slow turnaround time, and we want to challenge that. And in the Virgin Islands, it's it's similar. The USVI was 
for the most part, you couldn't get a permit to own a firearm in the Virgin Islands unless you were politically connected or you were a government agent. But in my last talks with the USVI police, uh, they're now going to become shell issue. They have spoken with their territorial legislature to revise that in statute. But in no way are they going to want to do any reciprocity. So if you are coming from outside of the island, you are not going to be able to bring your firearm. You're not going to be able to carry there. It's only for residents only. But like I said, we don't do direct lobbying there yet. But our goal as the out, my goal as the outreach director is we're building contacts. So we have people there that can do that because it's one thing for me to go and lobby there, but I'm not from there. It's another to have someone from there that that is their vested home. You know, they, they know the area, they know the people, they know the, the lawmakers, they know the environment, both politically and physically, and they could be a voice. And that's what we're doing. We're building those relationships right now. So we will have full representation there. Fantastic stuff, man. I think this is a good place to bookmark the conversation. But Luis, thank you so much for taking the time to come on to my show. Where can my audience keep up with your work and Gun Owners of America's latest updates? For our national page, it's real simple. It's just gunowners.org. And we have uh, national alerts and we have state alerts uh, there. So whether they live in Texas, Florida, Wyoming, it doesn't matter. We keep up-to-the-date information there. And for your Florida listeners, we have a Florida-specific page, and it's real simple. It's just florida.gunowners.org. As for keeping up with me, you can keep up with me on Facebook. We have a Facebook Florida page, Gun Owners of America slash Florida. I'm also on Twitter on um, The Real Florida Gun Lobbyist. You can follow me on that. And again, you know, just go to gunowners.org and you'll see our work there. And if anyone wants to join GOA, it's real simple. It's just 25 bucks a year. And I can tell you this, I've spent more than $25 at a Burger King drive-thru sometimes. So it's not that much of a, of a cost. And every penny go towards the fight for the Second Amendment, both on the state level and on the federal level. We, we lobby, we file lawsuits, we defend cases. We're anywhere and everywhere on this issue. There's a reason why we're known as the no compromise gun lobbyist. Yes, to all of my listeners, absolutely support GOA. They are doing the God's work when it comes to defeating the entire gun control regulatory state. They're not just talking about repealing half measures and other incremental forms of gun control. They're talking about taking the fight like straight to the regulatory apparatus that wants to eviscerate our gun rights. So absolutely give the national and all like their state level affiliates a follow. Again, to my audience, thank you for your kind attention. And with that, El Nino has spoken.